Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. We all want greatness when it's coming toward us in the form of service, right? We want great leaders and great congressmen and great senators and maybe even a great president every once in a while. We want that. And when we don't have that, we complain an awful lot about it, right? Do we hold ourselves to the same standard? Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. In the last episode, I introduced you to the concept of desirable difficulty, the idea that personal growth and evolution only happen as a result of butting up against and working your way through a difficult problem or situation. Is it fun? No. Is it necessary? No. But it is necessary if you want to achieve greatness. So today, we'll be learning how this concept relates to the art of self-management, which is one of my online courses, and how you can make a practice of choosing courage over comfort. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that, with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. One of my shadow themes is trusting my feelings, trusting my instincts. I seem very confident, I know, but I have an equal and opposite aspect of me that doesn't trust myself at all. Um, Part of it is because I have a really unusual and keen insight into the human condition that wasn't validated as a kid. So I spent many, many years as a kid feeling crazy, wrong, non-human just because I saw things really differently and nobody was there to go, wow, that's a really different point of view. Instead, I got mostly uh, shamed for it. So I have a difficult time trusting my instincts sometimes. So I was chainsawing. I, I made a big pile a few days ago and um, there was one limb, a piece of guava, which is really dense to hardwood that was sitting on top and it was kind of sticking out. So I'm chainsawing on the pile to let it roll off and, and throw it back on the stack. And as I'm chainsawing, it turns and starts to fall straight down, you know, like a pile driver. And I hear this voice that says, that's headed right for your right foot. And then a second voice said, nah, that's not going to hit your foot. You don't need to move your foot. And it landed right on my foot. <laughs> Just as the first thought was totally right. And so to me, I, uh, as I limp around, or it's been three, four days now because it's a pretty significant bruise. Unfortunately, I don't think it's broken. But as I limp around, the pain I interpret as a constant reminder, trust your feelings, trust your instincts. The first voice is usually right. And I accept this consequence from this little moment as life saying, by the way, in case you thought you were really good at trusting your first instincts, you're not there yet. I just showed you. Thank you, life. I needed that. Do I want to be walking around limping? No. Screwing up the rest of my body? 
You know, it's uh, it hurts. It throbs if I don't put it up every once in a while. Is it what I want? No, but it's obviously what I needed because it didn't just fall. I told myself that's headed for your right foot. I was exactly right, and then I completely disregarded it. I deserved that, right? Not like because I'm a bad person, but because I needed the lesson clearly. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to on purpose drop things on my feet. (laughs) That would be masochistic. But I might make a practice out of saying, hmm, okay, I'm going to go the next week paying really close attention to what my first instincts are. And I'm going to journal three times a day to track where and when I disregard my first instincts. Like, for example, the reason I'm talking about desirable difficulty is because it came to me about 15 minutes before we got on this call. So I went, just desirable difficulty. But suddenly, as sometimes happens to me, I have all sorts of stuff to say about something. And I'm like, whoa, okay. I feel kind of um, uh, spring-loaded with this. Well, does that fit into the agenda I had for today? Well, I can make it work, but that's kind of different. And what about the outline I have? And okay, I'm going to go with the first instinct. That's the practice I make out of it. And I'm sharing this with you because that's what, that's part of what desirable difficulty is vis a vis the art of self management. The art of self management means that includes that you subject yourself to unnecessary, not necessarily immediately pragmatic assignments that you give yourself. You don't wait for life to drop something on your foot or for someone to divorce you or for there to be no much, no more money in the bank account. You don't wait for that feedback. You're paying more attention so that you head it off at the pass. And if you get hints from life, like you drop something on your foot, then you grab it and go with it. Ed, you were going to say something? Yeah. Yeah. You sensed I was going to say something. I don't, I don't even think I had like a physical, uh, your your instincts were on on that one. So well, you guys, you, when uh, people unmute themselves, I figure that's like sort of like a very subtle raising your hand. So uh, that's fine. Oh, true. Yeah, I forget that you have the dashboard in front of you. So um, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. So the for immediate feedback, the d- desirable uh, difficulty hits me square between the eyes. So I see that you know from a, a shift in the road or a spot you know, you know what do you call it quarterback uh calling an audible as it were that is what i'm absolutely wrestling with more than anything mm-hmm. right now like i don't push myself to do anything that i would call desirably difficult i tell myself that my workout is desirably difficult no i love my workout it's awesome i would be at the gym two to three times as much cuz i i like gym stuff Mm-hmm. I'm doing training for sports things. I love sports things. These are the things that I, these are part of my disengagement from work. If I'm looking at, the, at what I can do to be great at what I do professionally, I, you, you know, you say one out of five, I'm like over a hundred. And I know what, the, I know what the, I know what the roadmap is. Like I know how people in my field become great. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in the last, day, week, hours to even down to the minute, like like I see that I have enough attributes and, and we're all here and we're all trying hard. So I think in, in other ways maybe this resonates. We're all good enough at enough things that at least for me, I'll just speak personally. Like 
I had a good family. I've had enough positive things happen where, yeah, I can be passable. I can be good professionally. No one will know the difference. Mm-hmm. I'm here in this course because I want to be great, and I don't think I've been great yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of pissed. Not kind of. I'm pissed, but I look at desi- desirable difficulty, and I'm like, I haven't done shit in years. I have coasted for years, and I've coasted well. Like most people wouldn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't really care if anyone knows the difference or not. I know the difference. Mm-hmm. Like I know what great is, and I'm not pushing myself at all in that area. Wow. As usual, Ed, you illustrate vividly really great, important stuff to talk about. So I want to highlight some of the things you said. And, and one of them is a trap we all get into, um, myself included. And, and that is the, the good enough place, the resting on your laurels. The, the better you are at something, the easier it is to rest there, to coast. And as you said a couple of different times, because nobody knows the difference. And I've done some good things. I've, I've, I've worked at it. I've, you know, I've gotten to a certain place. And that's, uh, we should name it. I don't know. The, 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 um, the, it's a kind of growth paradox, the ascension paradox. You got a name, Willie? I think it's just comfort. And I think um, hearing what you said, Ed, resonated a lot with me. And it reminded me of my old co-founder and roommate. Yeah. who was like, he embodied self-growth so much. He was the type of person that was so good at something that he could coast, but he always wanted to be getting better every day. And so it sounds like you've actively been choosing comfort over courage, which is which makes sense. And what Victor would always ask himself whenever he had a decision was, what's the, what, what's the courage over comfort? What's the courageous decision here? Yeah. And whether it was working out in the morning and we don't want to get out of bed or eating the right diet or having a difficult conversation with like an employee, it was always, what's the comfortable decision here and what's the courageous one? He would always just push himself to go to the There's a constant practice. It is a constant practice for sure. And and you lead me to a, another thing I want to talk about today because the way to operationalize this issue is to reconnect to your deepest values. And for example, comfort versus courage. That's where that rubber meets the road. So if if you see this, and most people, myself included, can look somewhere in their life and see, oh, I'm choosing the easy way here versus the hard way that's going to really get me somewhere, whether it's with food or work or exercise or meditation or whatever it is. There's going to be some area in your life where you could be doing a little bit more, but everything's fine. Which, you know, because in a crisis, most people will behave quite well. But when things get comfortable, that's really the, the challenge where it's like, well, I've worked hard and I've attained a lot and I'm 40 something or 50 something. And, you know, like, okay, I got a choice. Do I want to sit on the couch, and do crossword puzzles for the rest of my life and call those challenges? Or do I want to start working on, you know, what might be next life's issues? Like, what's, you know, am I going to just going to coast and enjoy the rest of my life? And there's no right or wrong here, right? There's no right or wrong. My parents are coasting in their final years. That's, that's consistent with their values. I completely support them doing that. The issue is just if it's inconsistent with your values, if you have a hunger for more, if you want greatness, if you want greatness, then sorry, you can never be good enough. You can never be satisfied. You always have to be striving for more because that's what greatness, that's how you get there. 
Greatness is not like, I mean, in any given day, greatness might be like, okay, I worked my ass off at 7 p.m. It's time to relax. But it's greatness is not, I worked my ass off. I'm 45. I'm going to relax for the rest of my life. You know, unless you were like a professional, you know, a football player and, you know, you, you're, you just literally can't go on anymore. That'd be more like 35 than 45. But you get what I mean. So excellence to me, it begins with a, a value. And again, this is not to impose this value on anyone uh, because in, in absolute sense, no one can tell you what is right. I like greatness better than mediocrity. I think most people would agree, you know, don't you like great customer service when you call the cable company or the bank rather than mediocre customer service? We all want greatness when it's coming toward us in the form of service, right? We want great leaders and great congressmen and great senators and maybe even a great president every once in a while. We want that. And when we don't have that, we complain an awful lot about it, right? But we do we hold ourselves to the same standard? Do we hold ourselves to the same standard? So what it comes down to is what really are your deepest values? And very important that you stack rank those values. Because it can't be that being comfortable and enjoying life is important to you and being great and working your butt off is important to you. One has to be bigger than the other. Precisely because of those moments Willie just talked about the comfort versus courage moments. What do you value? Because what you say is your value in those moments doesn't matter. Only your actions tell the truth. And be very careful not to go into a self-judgment place when you choose something that isn't inconsistent with your values. Because everyone does and everyone will. That's what I call the embodiment gap, the gap between what you deeply most value and how your actions don't express that. That's an embodiment gap. So I seriously doubt anyone exists who doesn't have a gap of some size. That's not the issue. So don't shame yourself for having the gap. It's just about one moment at a time, one centimeter at a time, closing that gap. By slowing down your experience and going, oh, okay, there's a choice for me here. What do I value most? You feel it. Ah, but I'm tired and I really just want to take a nap. Okay, well, does taking a nap fit with my values, my deepest values right now? No, it doesn't. Okay. What's the deepest value here? You reconnect to that in a felt way. And this is why meditation is really helpful for lots of things, but especially this, because it helps you slow down your experience so that you notice these moments where you actually have a choice, where you otherwise might not even realize it. And it also helps you get out of your mind and into other far more useful centers of attention for these kinds of things. Like the heart. What do you feel guided to? Or your gut? What is your, what is your instinct? In that moment where I was cutting the pile on the... Uh, when I was cutting the log on the pile, it was my gut that said, that's headed straight for your foot. I felt where it came from. Well, I was semi-conscious of it. If I was fully conscious that it was coming from my gut, I would have actually moved my foot. So my gut said, that thing's headed right for your foot. And my head said, no, it's not. The feeling of a 20-pound piece of wood headed for a part of your body 
is better registered by the gut than the mind. The performance of a trigonometry problem is better done by the mind than the gut. It's just a different tool, right? So my mind has a tendency to be like, oh no, I'm a great tool. You can use me for all jobs. That's its point of view. It's wrong. That's just not true. But I've got to step in and use the other faculties I have available to me. Meditation is one of the ways to practice that. Because it's about getting out of the mind because the mind can't do meditation. So it's a great thing to subject your mind to so that your mind can be put in its place. Same with any kind of athletics, gets you in your body. Your mind can't swim three miles. It can think about swimming three miles, but it doesn't do that. The body does that. And every stroke, your mind's going, okay, yeah, all right, the body's doing this. I get it, I get it, I get it. And then the next day, it's, no, I can do anything. Look, I can think of anything. Yes, but that's not the same as doing it. So you never miss an opportunity to advertise meditation. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.